Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Remember to use code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets If you don't win your first bet, place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotion, promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. It's time for Season 2. Welcome to the Owl House Podcast, a series where me, Ground Cryptid, and my friends, Chan, Tulip, and Tipsy, will be watching through the Owl House series together and sharing our thoughts on each episode shortly after watching them. To keep up with us, please subscribe or follow the podcast on whichever audio site you're using. You can also listen to the podcast on my YouTube channel, Crowned Cryptid, where the podcast will be coming out every Wednesday after a new episode. They're posted on YouTube first, and then I put them on the audio sites later. If you enjoy this series, please leave a review for it on the audio site that you're using. Thank you. Welcome back to the Owl House podcast. I'm Crown Cryptid. I make YouTube videos about cartoons. Me and my friends are here to sit back and talk about every episode of this upcoming season right after watching it, which means that we'll be very, very confused and unprofessional because we literally watched it like four minutes ago, but uh, I will allow everybody else to introduce themselves. Last time for season one, we did have two other buddies with us, but mainly really because this season came out of nowhere all of a sudden, like we were not really prepared to do this. So as of now, it's just going to be the three of us, probably for the rest of this month. So I'm Tipsy. Uh, You've seen me in a bunch of other videos, so go and watch those if you haven't already, or... um or go away, and, Rude. <laughs> and um, I have a I have a blog where I draw comics and a Twitter as well. Uh, hi, I'm Tulip. Uh, okay, yeah. Uh, hi, I'm Tulip. She/her pronouns. You could also call me Edith or Don if you'd like. Uh, I have a YouTube channel where I mostly what I do is make let's play videos on uh, Tulip Garden Gaming, and I also do other stuff. But you could find all the links to that from the, that YouTube channel if you just go there and look in the descriptions or whatever. Mm-hmm. And you watch cartoons a lot. We all collectively watch cartoons a lot. We are predominantly Adventure Time fans. That's how we met. I don't know if we I don't know if we ever really explicitly addressed that, but like we talked about Adventure Time all the time in the other. I the think other I set. think that was I think that's pretty obvious. If I guess we just assumed it was understood because the first like 
review podcast we did was was Vimo. Yeah, um, but then I but I I look the other day we apparently have like four thousand people who listen to the audio version. So like I I am assuming they have zero context about who we are. So <laughs> yeah, that's fair. <laughs> Doesn't matter. We're just here to review cartoons, and you can take us or leave us. But um, in, but, in but yeah, gum. talking. Whatever, whatever do and chew bubblegum, but full context, um, yeah. So it's been nine months since we last recorded an Our House related video, and a heck of a lot has happened since then. We've had, I believe, two seasons of Infinity Train um, have come out, as have two episodes of Distant Lands, and and those episodes were really good, and I've rewatched the entirety of Adventure Time. I'm coming back into Our House after watching all of that, and um, let's just say my standards have shifted a little bit since I watched season one. So I'm interested in seeing how I respond to season two. Well, she's trying to say that she hates the show now, she's gonna give every episode a three or less. Although you yeah, were, I mean, I was looking at. I was already doing that. So <laughs> no, but I, I was looking at um, our review scores from last season. There was that one episode that we all didn't like, except for you, and you gave it an eight. And, and then I wrote, oh yeah, I wrote um, bra on the. Was that team. the body? I think it was the was body. That the body I think swap it was the episode? body swap one. Yeah, yeah, it definitely was. Okay, so we've just seen the first episode of season two, um, and it was episode one was... separate ties. Episode one separate ties. separate ties. Yeah, tides. I'm just Sorry, I, like tides, like the ocean. Tides. <laughs> it's a pun because it's, there's like the uh, ocean in that. Yes, episode. it was a. It did was you a did you watch episode. the episode? Like I, I don't know. I'm not confident about uh, reading this episode. It's been so long since we've done that. I feel like, you know, by the end of the first season of our podcasts of Owl House, we like I'd sort of built up. Yeah, we changed our scores all the time too. So yeah, we did, but like. When we had just seen the episodes, I feel like if it might it would have been easier to compare it to the other ones. But before we before like the other day, I did go back and listen to all our old podcast episodes. So I guess I have that in my memory bank. If you remember, because um, this is coming back to me now, when we first saw episode one of season one, everybody gave episode one a pretty high score. But then when we saw the next episode, we lowered our score for episode one because episode two was better and we realized that we were kind of giving episode one a bit too much credit. Yeah, so, no. Um, I, I, I didn't I, like either of the I first still, two episodes. I like, still like episode one. I still like episode one. Grumble, grumble. Honestly, I don't like either of them much in hindsight now, like honestly. But yeah, that's the sort of comparisons we were doing. I definitely think this is better than the first episode of the first season. So yeah, this episode I wouldn't I wouldn't say so much that it focuses on the fallout of the previous episode because considering the dramatic events of the season one finale, this episode was um, seems it took place two weeks later, right? Rather than focusing on the immediate fallout of the previous season finale and continuing the dramatic tension from there, they decided to have a look at how the relationships of the characters are gradually changing and how they're maturing as people. Um, considering their new circumstances, and I thought this was quite interesting. Um, in particular, I liked the under-the-surface conflicts the characters were doing. I know the episode kind of pointed them all out by the end of the day, but even if it did that, it's still kind of interesting. Um, Lilith trying to do everything by herself, for example, because she's always done everything by herself. She's never asked for help, and she feels like she has something to prove all the time. 
So Lilith is now in a situation where she is no longer the best witch in the Boiling Isles next to her sister. She's now effectively nothing and she doesn't know how to deal with it. But then you have Hootie the Absolute Legend who won't leave her alone. Yeah, exactly. And he knows. He knows. He he can sense that she needs support. He's really annoying, but he's not that annoying in this episode. Like he's he was really funny for the whole thing. Um, I can't remember any of the jokes, but I I did find them funny, and that seems to be the case with all the Owl House jokes. I can never remember what they are, but I always find them funny. Do you remember any of the jokes about Hootie? Apart from this episode. Uh... Yeah, <laughs> it's just it's so hard because it's like every other line of this show is a joke basically so it's like you, you can never remember one unless it's like hysterical but there are those and like it's good yeah when, when they show up one of the ones i i do remember is um the golden guard lifting the towel on the basket okay, yeah. and king turning around uh-huh. and going back to sleep and doing that like three or four times yeah like, like a parakeet but yeah, in this episode, King was baby boy again, and he's probably going to act like a teenager again in three or four episodes, and they'll go, oh, God no, why is King <laughs> acting so out of character and unlikable? Speaking of that, that Golden Guard, you know, apparently he's like a teen prodigy. Like, I'll, I'm going to say what I think we were all thinking, right? His voice sounds like Edric's voice. Which yeah. which we only know right because, because they like <laughs> because we because you, got, you had you had that cameo yeah. from his voice yeah, actor at the very beginning of the awards video which just was released as we're recording Be- because I've listened to um, because I did an animation for it I've listened to that voice like probably a hundred times now on that one cameo and it really does sound just like him so um, I-, I will be the voice detective what is that music. That's the episode. Sorry, I'm going to look at. <laughs> I'm going to look at the credits because I swear he showed up in the credits, but it wasn't the, his name. Which, like, I, he sounds just. Well, like here's him. the thing: uh, is that they've like teased that character already before the season has come out. They've like posted like concept art of that character's face. So like, I don't. Well, think, yeah. I don't think it would be Edric because why would they well, show it? But it's it obviously is, it, not. Yeah, it's but it's a, weird. A it's weird that they sound similar. But I don't think that that's. Yeah. The TV version of this episode didn't have the credit sequence. It's just playing the credits over the ending of the episode. Well, that's sad because the credits were cool, cool new like sequence of like stained glass sort of style images. Yeah, it's really cool. And also, I've been playing a lot, and I mean like 300 hours of Monster Hunter in the past month. So when Luz picked up a poster and it looked exactly in the art style of Monster Hunter, I was like, yes. They play this game, probably. Uh, Zeno Robinson is the voice of the Golden Guard. Ah, so it's not him. He, he sounds so much like him. I, I don't know. Maybe they, they like that kind of voice for some reason. <laughs> <laughs> so what were your thoughts, Julep? Yeah, so uh, I thought it was weird that they were still trying to use magic the old way, and apparently they still can like a little bit, but it's extremely weak to how it used to be. I was surprised that that was happening at all. I thought they would dive straight into Ida and Lilith like learning glyphs, but that did ha- that did happen, you know, partway through the episode. I guess yeah. they had to make it a plot point, and that was good. I didn't think it was weird that they were still trying their old magic, but I did think it was weird that like half the episode we see Luz doing all this amazing stuff, and then it's like, how come 
Ida and Lilith weren't just also doing that the whole time. <laughs> but then they, they start at the end. Yeah, well, that's the thing with the Owl House universe. Um, the question is, why isn't everyone, and I mean everyone, doing magic that way? Why are there even segregated witch classes? There's a lot that doesn't make sense in the Owl House universe, well, and the, a lot of it is just because yeah, this is how things are. The covens are, are exclusive because that's what the Emperor says, and if you don't do it, then you're a criminal. And not everyone's as strong as Ida, so they'd be, like, put in jail or whatever. The reason not everyone uses the glyphs is because, like, no one knows about it, I think? Because those are, like, Luz yeah. just had to, like, discover it on her own. Yeah, I, I feel that same way, too. I think, like, Luz did it, like, by accident. And, like, nobody else really realizes that that can be done because they're all taught by the emperor and the school and all that. But, yeah, you made a good point. Why are they watching Luz work for many and just doing nothing other than trying to kill King when they could be asking her to teach them her magic so that they can at least do what Luz does. Yeah, that was weird. Like what like why what investment did the Golden Knight guy have in that monster being killed? I, I didn't understand that. Maybe it was attacking ships or something? At the end of the day he's still the Emperor and that was the Emperor's ship, so maybe it locks a trade Good point, though, because one of my criticisms of season one is that we still don't know why the Emperor um, has society. I mean, this was like my criticism of Stephen Universe. There is absolutely no reason for the German society to be the way it is. So I, I really want to know why the Emperor wants society to be the way it is and what purpose it serves, especially after the whole school multi-track incident and stuff like that. I, I think that the entire thesis of the show hinges on the Emperor having an interesting reason to be doing what he does. Very short tangent I'm going to say about Steven Universe. I think the, the problem you're having is that they didn't, they like didn't go into the gem's backstory at all, which is, you know, I think the reason you can assume that society is like that is because all the gems just pop out of the ground knowing exactly what they should be doing. And presumably that happened to the diamonds as well, and that's why we were like, we should rule everything and everyone. And so they started doing that, but they never went into like how gems were created in the first place, because the answer is obviously snake people, and they weren't going to make an episode about that. Uh, <laughs> anyway, uh, yeah, like I, it, the you know when the emperor was spying on them, I thought he was going to like capture Luz maybe, but then he was just like, no, do the same job you're already going to do, and I like it was confusing to me. I didn't even realize that until you guys were bringing it up. He did have, like, no other goal, really. Like, that is that is odd. I was expecting the episode to end with him, like, going to see the Emperor and, like, saying something about them. Like, he, he found them or something ominous, but he just kind of goes away. Seeing the Golden Mask guy was awfully nostalgic for me because he immediately reminded me of all of those millions of anti-hero characters. Red X, for example, was the one who popped to mind. So I wonder what drove Dana Terrace to include a fan bait character like him in the show. True, true. But what did you really enjoy about the episode? I liked the designs a lot. I think the designs of everything was really cool. Even just like fire bees, like I don't, that was that was cool the way <laughs> yeah. they, they all swarmed over the tree and stuff. 
Uh, I, I liked seeing uh, Ida and Lilith interact. That's good. that's always good. And like, mm-hmm. you know, the, the the way that Luz opened the episode with her monologue, like you know, she said, you know, maybe we can one day be friends. Like, you know, it seems, sort of seems like there's going to be more tension than there ends up being. Like, really, Ida is just teasing Lilith, and Lilith is okay with it because she does deserve it, I guess. It's God, fun. I hope there's not more tension. I mean, <laughs> yeah, I yeah. think at this point we're beyond we're beyond that right now. So if there is tension, it can potentially like, feel quite contrived. But the pirates were cool. You know, I thought maybe uh. they were going to be traitors because they were they were going to betray Luce because they were on the Emperor's boat. But then like. But Not then they really. just kind of they just disappear from the episode. Yeah, <laughs> but they were cool. They had cool designs too. Yeah, the, the, like Luz earned their respect. Luz has got to be like really strong now. She's just been fighting monsters for a while. No, she they made that whole fake monster out of plants. Like, the heck. <laughs> My main thought on this really is like I'm kind of I don't know what I was expecting like from the season to start, but um I am kind of just like a little jarred by the fact that like they didn't start with really really strong like bait you know like the end sort of it's just like we see the emperor by the door again but like that's not really something big like i i thought they'd want to start the season off with like something with more lore going on but i mean tipsy you the way you described it is definitely better than like that makes it feel better to me but for a season premiere i would have expected like a more actiony sort of episode like we're You're working right. it working wasn't, off a it, more working off of more consequences or something but everything's just kind of mentioned in passing and then it's like a normal day yeah it was like a normal sort of episode like you know most of what happened in this episode i could have seen it being anywhere in the middle of the season yeah i guess but i don't mind that normal episodes are good it was definitely good um it was it was it was very fun i just feel like for the start of a season there should have been a bit more of a of a hook somewhere because we didn't really like we have the the guard character and then, like, that's it. Everything else is, like, exactly what we could have expected from the way Season 1 ended, basically. That's true, but I don't mind it too much because, at this point, you always expect a show to have some bombastic, dramatic opening and then get really boring for true. the next five true. to ten episodes. True. I mean, it, it always happened. It always happened with, with Adventure Time. Let's be honest here. They always had these amazing season premieres and then these really boring sections until season seven when you had a relatively calm season premiere that not a lot of people liked but i personally love and then it built up to stakes and it was just incredible because it it didn't Mm -hmm. need to have lots of terrible stuff going on it just worked on the characters and and the Wild Hunt as well. I mean, the Wild Hunt is a very good season premiere, but it's not got a million things going on, especially not compared to Free Buckets. But <laughs> yeah, I I kind of like those toned down premieres that just ground you back into the characters rather than trying to go, oh, all of this cool plot stuff is happening, but we're not going to show you any more of it until episode eighteen. So. I don't mind it. As long as the rest of the season maintains this quality and improves on it, then it should be fine. Right, I do get that feeling, you know, like it's possible that the only plot important episodes in this season are going to be like the mid-season finale and then the finale, but I, I kind of get the feeling that it's not going to be like that. I think we're going to get some plot episodes sort of sprinkled throughout. Yeah, I mean, we Maybe. did in the first season. There was a ton of yeah. plot going on in the first season, remember? It wasn't just a finale. Mm-hmm. I don't know. That's just, like it's just my 
everybody's preference at the end of the day to have more exciting episodes so that's just kind of what i um was expecting a little bit but also just like in my head like because i compare this show to it so much and i know half of the crew is from the show and i know it's another disney channel show like i just see gravity falls in my head when i watch this show and the season two premiere of gravity falls like set up oh, a, yeah. t- was so bombastic oh, yeah. it was both simultaneously a very fun episode but also like gave us a good continuation of the the ending like it gave us more of the portal stuff a li- not too much but it gave us just a little bit that was enough and then it introduced like the government agents and all sorts of stuff this episode introduces the golden guard um it shows the relationships that we already knew about basically and then it shows the emperor and he has hair he does have hair that's true well like you know one new relationship was like hootie has a first friend he's ever made true true <laughs> he, was, he was he was great again we talked about that but yeah he's he's hilarious like, as opposed to like the owl family who were just a um his mortal enemies i guess mm-hmm. but like lilith saying at the end like i'll protect you uh, like i don't know i feel like that they might do stuff together of all the characters for lilith to become close to i i I did not put hootie at the top of this no but um but i guess that's happening and honestly i like it now it's a rare pair and it's going to be a whole thing let's not let's not encourage no shut up shut up (laughs) crown you're not including that in the video surely because i I swear you'll you'll generate some curse content do you think uh do you think that that scrying potion is going to become important later it has yeah. to, doesn't it? I would hope, honestly, that the next episode starts with them looking at it or something. Even if nothing important happens, just, like, the next episode starts reminding us that they have that and, like, they're actually using it. That'd be good. <laughs> yep. Quick question. Um, the line at the end when Bela said, Hello, human. Uh, that was in the trailer. And we all thought he was talking to Luz, right? So at some point in the middle of the season. Not in the end of the premiere, so... Was he talking to us, like the person watching the show? Man, I'd hope because so. if they take the show in that kind of direction, I'd be so happy. But <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> maybe he was. Well, no, because they. Because I was gonna say maybe he was talking to like the Golden Guard walked in. But from what they showed of the Golden Guard's face, I think he has like elf ears. Maybe he's talking to the door. He thinks the door's a human. He's a little blind. And maybe he's talking to himself. Yeah. We, we, we discussed that twist possibility True. earlier. I think that's, even considering they show him with, like, long hair like that, I think that's definitely what's going to go on there. But we'll find did, out. Did anyone else think it was weird at the beginning when, like, Ida and Lilith and Luz showed up at the market together, and then Ida and Lilith left Luz just... And didn't talk to her at all? They just left her there? No, because I didn't notice, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> It, it is strange, but I guess they assume Blues would be fine going back by herself. Yeah, and I mean, that, that's fine to assume, because I guess she's been going on adventures by herself and with King. Uh, but it was still, they should have said, like, hey, we're going to go back home, you do whatever you want. <laughs> I don't know, they should have had a line about it. No, but how long has Luz been missing for? Like, how long was she on that boat for before they noticed she was gone? They didn't even. They only encountered each other because Ida was stealing stuff, and it happened to be from the boat Luz was on. Mm-hmm. I, I, did, I did like that joke with Ida stealing stuff. Presumably all that gold is, like, you know, disintegrating in the boiling ocean now. Like, that, that fish guy is not going to be able to pay off his many debts. Sad, oh. sad. <laughs> That was a good joke too. That was what I forgot about. I like that. 
Also a thing that I think, like, I misinterpreted, and I'm not holding this against the episode, but, like, you know, at the very beginning, it showed Luz fighting a monster, and she saw the shadow and thought it was big, and then turned out to be small and just had, like, a big shadow because of the lighting, right? And then they reincorporated that in the end when they tricked the Golden Knight by by pulling the trick with the shadow but right before that happened they showed the like monster's baby and so i thought is the baby the one casting the shadow and they're gonna kill the baby to trick it <laughs> <laughs> no um okay um about that because i have seen some very interesting discussion on twitter about the monsters um so, you know King is a demon, right? Yeah. And he was hyped up to be this big scary demon, but he's a little cat. Then, in the second episode, second, third episode of season one, they encountered a demon they expected to be really scary, but he was a tiny slug snail. No, he was a turtle. And yeah, then, yeah, in this cool. season, again, a, season, a monster of a massive wanted poster ends up being a tiny little creature. And then they encounter a fourth monster who's a tiny little creature. Do you think that something happened to all of the monsters? Oh, that's mm, that's, that's interesting. Yeah, that's a good idea. I don't know. I think I, I was going to say it's more so like they want to sell plushies, <laughs> but I don't know. It could it could be it could be something like that. That's like go, that's what I kept. I was just thinking about like going back to what you were just saying about like. It, this things kind of hinge on the emperor having like a good reason for stuff i just kept thinking about that after i said my stuff about this not starting off too strong it's not starting off with like a big big moment type of thing because it's like is he just going to open the door to the human world and like that's it and then like the, the monsters are going to go in the human world like that's not really exciting if that's all it's going to build up to which it's unfair because i'm just like i just have like very specific expectations where I don't want that to be what happens because that's kind of a bland fantasy real world crossover thing you saying that about the monsters is like yeah I don't know maybe there is hopefully something like yeah. grandiose there I mean I think the reason it feels like a bland idea is because you know he just has the door in his secret basement and the main characters aren't involved and they don't even know if it's there so yeah. like if they if he just opens it and goes and attacks the world and no one knows about it then like that wouldn't be a good plot so i don't think that's what's going to happen yeah. i think it's going to get involved somehow but they're probably going to see it with the scrying potion and they're going to be like we got to get that door back Monster but yeah i have stuff. high standards high standards for that sort of thing because i've seen it done badly so many times and i've only seen it done well a few times like like adventure time when together again ed i was easily able to put together an entire timeline for the candy kingdom for example um, and the entire land of Ooh has this brilliant timeline where everything makes sense in some sort of logic. But Owl House Season 1, there's a lot of things that don't make sense yet. And I'm worried they're going to go the way of Steven Universe, wherein they introduce concepts but don't think them through and don't give satisfying answers for them. So, um, like, Gravity Falls had a half satisfying answer, I guess. I mean, um, some people loved it. Um, I'm kind of 50-50 on it, but it was fun. So if it's at least as good as Gravity Falls, that's great, but I'm a bit worried it's not going to be that good and it's going to fall flat like SU ended up doing. So that's my concern. But other than that, I just hope it's an entertaining, funny season. Yeah. Something that did stick out to me, though, now that you say that, is that Ida did specifically say that 
she was cursed for 30 years. I don't know if you yes. knew that. That's, I think that's new. That's some lore. I think it's new in the show. I like. I, I bet we knew about it before because like the creators talked about it on Twitter or whatever. She was in school when she got cursed or whatever, but that's all we kind of knew. Yeah, so she was probably in her, like... Like, in terms of age, I guess she was probably in her, like, late 40s if she was a teen when she was cursed and it's been 30 years. Yeah. It adds up. Draw post, put on, put on Tumblr. Make a giant, <laughs> make a giant website for it. I don't think I have that many more thoughts on the episode. Do you want to transition into ratings? Yeah, I'm surprised we talked about it for so long. We can, we can begin rating. Right, okay, so ratings on this is a little bit difficult. We didn't do any ratings on the Distant Lands episodes. We just did, like, reviews and said they were the perfect and bestest thing ever. So that and is completely are. fair. They are, they are, they really are. So... This is not the perfectest and best thing ever, so unfortunately I can't give it an obsidian out of 10. Um, but how, how would I rate compared to the previous season? I'd say compared to the previous season, this would probably be one episode I'd give a fairly high rating. A 7 or an 8 out of 10 um, compared to Our House Season 1's average. doesn't hit the highs of the best mm-hmm. episodes in the season. But it's well above the worst episodes, and we don't want to talk about those episodes anymore. So, um, <laughs> yeah, I'll give it a seven out of ten. Right. I feel I feel the same way. I think this episode was good, but in a sort of average way that doesn't really stand out. So I'm giving it a seven. I'm glad we all agree because that's what I was thinking too. Definitely, what stood out to me the most was um, the designs and stuff. I think I did. I really liked all that stuff. Like maybe it's just coming back to the Owl House world, like, because, again, it's been a while. It's been a while since we've watched it, and it has honestly been a little while since I've even thought about it. So going back in and, like, having an episode that has quite a bit of different scenery and, and characters and stuff was, was really nice. And there's some good jokes, and it's just, it's a nice, it's a nice little character story, although I am just, I am slightly underwhelmed that there's not a stronger hook for, like, what we're going to see next. But we'll see stuff for sure. So for the first time ever, we have an average score that is just the score that we all said. But there's also less of us. <laughs> but, but there's also only three. <laughs> yeah. well, well, hey, hey, triple sevens. That's that's like a yeah. That's like a thing. That means the rest of the season's gonna be amazing because we made we got the lucky oh, seven. fantastic. Absolutely. Fantastic. Now saying that, that it's actually gonna be terrible. We just jinxed the whole thing. <laughs> no, no, shut up. All right. Should, should I stop my recording? Um, gotta do an outro first. What are we gonna say? How do we how do we send All right, we'll see you next week, presumably when the Golden Guard reveals he is Edric Blight's evil twin brother. Oh yeah. <laughs> well, is he, He's wait, already is that, a twin. Yeah, it's, it's, <laughs> trip, triplets, secret triplets. Thank you so much for listening. Please stay tuned for other podcasts coming real soon. If you're enjoying this series, please leave a review for it. We'd love to know what you think. Also, consider subscribing to my YouTube channel, Crowned Cryptid, where I post reviews and news videos about cartoons, and I also upload these podcasts early there as well. Have a nice day! Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Remember to use code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. Place your money line 
prop, or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotion, promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success.